Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group in San Diego. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. If you have a question you want to ask and have answered on the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com thewhistleway.com you can ask us questions on there subscribe to the podcast and youtube channel join our facebook private group our referral network and our email newsletter to get tips and tricks of what we're working on and you can get dialed in with our video content creation course called the media mayor mastermind where we will teach you everything we've learned about creating video over the last seven years the scripts the dialogues how we monetize these things how to build your youtube channel your facebook groups all that fun stuff go to thewhistleway.com. If you enjoy the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying it. Also, if you wanna get notified when we release future episodes, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review. We're number five in Belarus. At least we were at one time. At one time. They were 66. Oh, oh wow. Right, we dropped down to 66. We're still in the top 100 in Belarus. What's up? <laughs> They're going through some stuff right now. It'd be, yeah, it'd be good to uh, be ranked in the u.s but I mean, belarus it ends in u.s so that's probably I mean, it's cool it's close thing. enough right <laughs> pretty much the same thing um all right cool what do we got today brian uh today we're talking about market updates um you have if you're a real estate agent you have seen your colleagues you have done these possibly yourself uh, market updates telling the consumer what is going on in in the world uh we talk about this a lot we've talked about this in our media mayor mastermind course on exactly how to deliver a market update. And I thought it would be good to outline it here. Um, so first tell us kind of Kyle, why you should be doing a market update and who does it go to? You should be doing a market update because you are the market, <clears throat> excuse me, because you are the market expert. The consumer is looking for your expertise on what's happening in the market and your job is to create a market update and let them know what's going on in the market. So it's a way to establish yourself as a thought leader and a knowledge expert, which is exactly what somebody is looking for when they're thinking about making a move. And it's funny, you start talking about numbers and statistics and people think you're automatically a genius. But what I, what I caution against- Thanks Brian, I appreciate it. They said, think, now you really are. But what I caution against, and I've seen agents, I've filmed agents doing this before, is they start spouting off a bunch of numbers. And typically they don't know what they mean themselves. What I like to tell people as kind of a general rule of thumb is I say, try not to use more than four numbers in a video if you can help it. Now, it always depends, right? If you're, if you're doing a one-to-one -one video to a super high C, someone that's very analytical and you wanna break down the, the return on investment and the cap rate and all this investment shit, I don't even know, then you can go really nerdy into your numbers. But if you're doing a video to general public, um, I try and say, say no more than four numbers. Yes, less is more. Um, if, you, if you get too nerdy, especially if you start getting into like, this number was up 22.531% and like, just shut up, like it's 23. It's round 24. It up. Yeah, just yep. round it up, round it down. Just roughly 23%, okay? Like, it's all good. But what you can do if you're going to do any editing and post, when we say post, that's 
after you've shot the video, you could put the actual number. So you could put the 23.51%. But if you say that, it, you're just, people are checking out. And then they don't even hear what the first two numbers were. They heard the last two numbers and it, it just gets sloppy. So be careful of that. So, okay. So we do this, we do it every month. Yes. And talk about what what's the the area you should focus on. Should you go wide? Should you go tight? How do you do this? I believe that you should start wide and cover the county as a whole because you want to attract as many people as possible into your funnel. Um, and so I want to attract people all across San Diego County. Once I bring them in, I can now take the macro market report, the large market report, and go micro on the specific market that they are most interested in. And one of the things that I really like, we always talk about calls to action at the end of the video. It's the T in the great ass portion of our script, right? Um, and if you guys want to learn more about that, check out, look up great ass. I think we have it somewhere. We did a podcast on it, I'm sure. I know we did. Um, but we want to tell them what to do. A lot of times when we end a video, we say, hey, give me a call, give me a text, shoot me a DM, right? And it's just like, if you want more information or if you're interested, give me a call. It's kind of a weak call to action. What I really like about um, doing, going macro and, and doing, a, doing your micro as your call to action is you can say, those are the numbers for San Diego as a whole. If you're interested in your area, your city, your zip code, let me know and I'll do a customized market update for you, right? Because then they go, oh, well, that's what it is in San Diego, but Santee's different or Del Mar's different. And so you can kind of, you can kind of touch on that as well. Yeah, that's for sure. The other thing to think about too, like my degree is in economics and one of the things that's important when you're, you know, looking at statistics is you need an adequate sample size. And sometimes when you look at a specific micro market, the sample size isn't big enough and therefore the data can be skewed drastically from one month to the next, right? If you're in a city that there's 10 sales and homes normally sell for a million, but then, you know, the, the person at the top of the hill sold, you know, and it sold for 10 million, it's going to skew your numbers potentially. So you got to be careful with that. Um, so that's also another benefit of going on a macro level as opposed to a micro level. That wasn't an earthquake, was it? I don't think so. <laughs> we had an earthquake earlier. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, I know you said this a million times and I probably can say it about as good as you, um, leading indicators versus lagging indicators. Yeah, so the thing you got to keep in mind is that the majority of the media is going to report lagging indicators. And when I say that, they're reporting everything that's tied to sold data, um, partially because that's the only data they have access to in some states. Um, but that's just the data they choose to report. They report things like median sales price. They report... Um, like list price to sold price ratio, number of homes sold, like they're reporting all of that. But you gotta, you gotta think that data is very, very delayed. Like if something goes under contract, like we're recording this in January, if something goes under contract in January, best case it's closing in, like right now it's late January. So best case it's closing in February, Potentially, February is a short month, so potentially it's closing in March. And then what's going to happen is at the very end of March, then you have the statisticians who are going to take all the data and they're going to put a report out and they're going to tell you what happened. Well, that report's going to come out in April. 
then the media has to pick up the report from the statistician. Best case, they're picking that up in April. Most likely case, they're picking that up in May. So connect all these dots. Yeah, that's a pretty What's good What's happening in January and February is likely not getting reported until April and May. So that's why we refer to it as a lagging indicator, right? That's the lagging data, which is actually shitty data, especially, right? The mortgage rates just jumped to half a point. Like, well, what does that mean? That, that didn't factor into the data they're reporting right now of what went pending back in like October, right? The rates were different. The market was different then. Since January 1st, we all know in virtually every market, there is shit for inventory right now. You know, here in San Diego, we have 10% of the inventory we had 10 years ago. Like it's crazy right now. Um, so you got to make sure you're looking at the, the leading indicators, what's actually happening today that the media is going to report in April and May. Yep. Because now what you're doing is you're building value around you as the expert because you're telling them the information before the media is. You now become the resource and people like to work with the most resourceful person. And so I know we do four numbers. I want to tell you. Tell them what those four numbers are and why you explain why you use each of those numbers. Yeah, and I've been considering either replacing one or adding one. Um, why well, I say only four numbers, so you yeah. got to replace one. Yeah, so we'll replace well, one, one just for Brian. Two of them are somewhat the interchangeable. They're the same thing, but it's just yeah. set in a different way. Yeah, so the numbers we like to look at is the number of new listings. I can tell you today how many new listings were activated in the last 30 days. I can tell you that. That's... Within that is literally, I could tell you how many were activated tomorrow or yesterday. I mean, like I can tell you, I wish I could tell you tomorrow. That'd be great. I'd be way <laughs> richer. That'd be amazing. Um, so I can tell you exactly what's happening within the most recent 30 days, where if I tell you what closed in the last 30 days, I'm actually telling you what went pending months ago. Right? So that's, that's where that's a leading indicator is how many homes have gone active on the market. How many homes have been listed? However you want to refer to it. Our MLS calls it active. So that's just the term we use. And we usually usually say it just like that. How many went active on the market? How many new listings? How many new? Usually yep. say it a couple different ways. Cause Try to say both words so they hear. Yeah, say you know new listings that went active. New yep. and because some people refer to it as new listings, some people refer to it as an active listing. If I say both words in one, I'm I'm gonna make sure I check both boxes. So yep. um, we talk about new listings. We talk about pending listings or under contract listings if you prefer, or off the market if you prefer. You're, you pick your your choice of words there. So we talk about how many homes went pending. Off market, I don't like because you can cancel and you can take it off market without going pending. Yeah, I hear you. That's fair. Um, so new listings, pending listings, and then those naturally tie into inventory or supply of homes for sale. Um, so we like to talk about that, which fun fact, San Diego's at the lowest supply of homes for sale in history. We have 12 days worth of homes for sale across the entire county, 12. So if you know someone in San Diego that wants to sell at a high price and get money quick, let us know because we need them. We need <laughs> we need them for our buyers and we wouldn't mind helping them out uh, selling their place. So, uh, you know, hit us up. <laughs> 12, 12 days. Jeez. 12 That's days. a quick payday for whoever refers us to, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, so... The other thing we like to look at is days on market. So how long is it taking for homes to go under contract? Um, which a lot of these are all very correlated, right? If you have, if the number of new listings versus pending listings, that's naturally going to tell you what's happening with your supply. And typically if supply is going up or down or days on market are going to go in alignment with that. So the two of those tend to correlate with each other uh, very, very closely. 
The other one that I think we need to start reporting because there's finally actually some change is mortgage rates, which I can Ooh. tell you what the mortgage rate is today. What is it? It's way fucking higher than it was two weeks ago. Oh, are we not allowed to say that publicly? No, we can say what it is. I mean, it depends. Now, it's so fluid, but of you're course. talking high threes right now, Ooh. like potentially 4% right now. Like it's a you when the rate goes from a three in front, which it was a two in front. What's your rate? Are you in the twos? I don't know. I'm not in the twos. Okay. I think three and a quarter. Yeah. Well, when that goes from a three to a four, that's a big deal. That freaks people the hell out yeah. when they see a four in front. So, um, and I've talked to a lot of my most trusted lenders. Talked to a lender today who does eight hundred million dollars in loans last year. He's he's a hundred percent confident we'll be in the fours before this year is over. So. I think that is a number that we need to start incorporating into our market updates. The mortgage rates have been pretty much, you know, 2.75 to 3.25 for the last year or two. Um, but now you've got rates up in the high threes, maybe even 4% right now. That makes a difference. So mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to help someone understand what that means to them. Again, if they're buying, if they're selling, like, here's what this means to you. So, okay. That was where I was going next. I so know. you gave these I tried numbers. tried to take it away from you. You gave these numbers, which people, if they're resourceful, they can find on them their own. They can go to Redfin or Zillow or Google, and they can figure out what these numbers are. But what's really important is not that you just tell them the number. You need to interpret, right? If you say, if you, you need to interpret. That's where the value comes from. So one of the things that, that I like <clears throat> that you do a lot is you say, if you're buying, this is what it means. And if you're selling, which I think it's important to include both, what does this mean to you if you're thinking about buying a home? And what does it mean if, you think it, if you're thinking about selling a home? Talk a little bit more about, about that. Yeah, I think that's where most of us screw up is we spew out all of this data, which is great. And somebody's like, awesome. What does that mean? Like I literally was messaging an agent right before the podcast um, about a property and it was three units there's three units on it right now. And I was like, hey, is this um, three permitted units? And then the response was, well, it's in the county. Like, the fuck does that mean it's in the county? Like, does that mean that there's actually three active units? Like, help me understand what that means. Telling me that it's in the county doesn't answer the question. God, if that's the, my, the units one of my are biggest legal. pet peeves. Like, so that's, <laughs> you got to make it really crystal clear to people. Like, what does this mean to me? So cool, it's in the county. Well, like, I know my places I've bought in Nashville they're outside the city limit in a specific county because of that i can short-term rent them without any special permitting right like that's important to know if somebody just said oh that lake house is in is in the county what does that mean to me right yeah but the fact it's important in that scenario that it's outside the city limits in this specific county therefore you do not need any special permits to short-term rent great that's what i needed to hear right this scenario, you need to do the same thing. If somebody's listening to it and you just gave them a lot of great data, they're like, awesome, awesome, yeah. And then and then you just end the video. It's like, oh, okay. Because um, here's the thing is they could go on to some of these websites like a Redfin or a Zillow. They might have a lot of this data because those are they actually have great data on those websites. Like, I'm not going to knock them for that. But what those websites aren't going to do is help the consumer understand how this affects them. What does it mean to them? So we're very, very adamant about telling people exactly what this means. If you're thinking about buying a home, here's what this means to you. If you're thinking about selling, here's what it means to you. And guess what? I actually use a negative when I talk about it mm -hmm. because you're losing credibility if everything that comes out of your mouth is positive. I'm going to say this again. You're losing credibility if everything that comes out of your mouth is positive. 
because that's what makes salespeople come across as sleazy because they're not fucking honest. They're not. They'll, they'll hide. They'll try to brush. Oh, don't worry about that black stuff growing over there. That's just, that's fuzzy. It's fine. It's all, it's all good. Like, it's not no, black it's mold. It's fucking mold. Like, <laughs> be honest. Like, yeah. actually talk about the negative. So, like, in my opinion right now, the negative, do not sell your house if you're going to sell and then subsequently rent. If you're going to sell and then rent, you're an idiot. Because right now, I can confidently tell you values are going up 1% a month. I think they probably went up 5% in January alone, but I can confidently tell you they went up 1% every month, and it's going to continue to do that for the foreseeable future. So why the hell would I want to sell something if I know the value is going to go up when my alternative option is to go rent something at an absurd price, knowing that after 12 months, my rent's going to get jacked up. Rents went up 17% in the last 12 months. It's going to go up again in the next 12 months. So you're getting in now, you lock in your payment for one year and then your payment's going to go up at the end of that year. Like, why and the hell would you want to do that? So I'll tell people that, like, if you're thinking about selling so you could rent, don't. Stay in your house. Hold on to it. And that's okay, right? It's okay to tell a negative. People will respect you more for being honest than just being positive. We're shooting a bunch of videos about, like, living in San Diego and, and pros and cons of San Diego and, and pros and cons videos do really well. Because you're shooting straight with people. You're not hiding the black mold that's in the corner. You're shooting straight with them. Well, and I, I mean, think about you as a consumer, how you look at things, right? I, I just bought a stove this weekend. Um, and I looked at the reviews. And usually I look at the negative reviews first. I don't think I'm alone in that. And I look at their negative reviews and see how they are. But I also look at the positive reviews. And the ones that I like the most are the ones that say, I also bought a vacuum this weekend because, you know. Cool. Um, but the ones that I that like... time you vacuum your house. Dude, I vacuumed all freaking day yesterday. I don't even talk about it. Um, and the ones that I like the most were the ones that were like, this is a great vacuum. It has great suction power. It stores nicely. The battery life isn't great, and it has a small suction... And like, okay, I can, I can live with that because I'm only going to be vacuuming small pieces at a time. That's fine. So having the negative makes me go... Okay, I can live with that, and okay, I can trust this person, and so I can trust that they what they said about great suction because they told me it's not perfect; it has these flaws as well. So I like that as well. Um, talking a little bit about the negatives and and, and being honest with people. Um, right now, it's really easy because it's you should definitely buy, you should definitely sell, and move. Like now, it's all in our favor. It's really easy to be positive about, or be open about the negative things because the negative things don't really matter in this market. Um, one thing that I wrote and I put as a note before we get into our widget is answer the question that the people want answered. So you mentioned that or you kind of said it earlier, but again, don't just give them the stats, answer their question and their question isn't, no one's question is ever truly their true genuine question is how many homes were listed last month? No one gives a fuck. They don't care. They don't care how many. Why? What they really care about? What their real question is: Is my home worth more or less? Is the is the home I'm going to buy buy be more expensive or less expensive? So answer that question, the deeper question, not how many homes were pending. That's not the question that they have. They want to know what does this mean if I'm thinking about buying or selling. So make sure you answer that. Yeah, I think Brian could shoot the videos now. I think he could do it. Could you do it? A whole market update video. I could. I couldn't do it the way you do it. Um, because you do it this exact same way every single time 
with no script, I could do it, but not the same way. <laughs> it wouldn't be as good. You guys want to see it? If you want to see it, post in the comments. Am I allowed to? You could talk about the market. You're not trying to sell a house. You're okay. just talking about the market. Okay. I mean, if enough people say it, I'll do it. Okay. Throw it in the comments if <laughs> I'll you do want. It February. If you want to see Brian do a market update video. <laughs> I think that's a. He's, he's like turning colors over here. If you're listening, Am you I? can't see it. He's turning colors. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. All right. What else you got on this? That's it. That's it? I mean, anything right. else you want to add about a market update? Go shoot a video. Just do it. Um, Honestly, one of the best parts of shooting these videos is that you will become a better agent by shooting these videos because it'll force you to know your numbers. And one of the things that I've always prided myself on when it comes to selling is not selling. It is knowing, and that's how I sell, is by knowing. The more I know, the easier it is to sell somebody. So I've always prided myself on not being the sales guy, not having the magic script, the magic line, the, the like... The, the just like I could schmooze you and, and, and make you love me. Like I don't, I just do it. I just have the answer for everything. And that's how people feel comfortable working with me is they have a question, hey, what's going on with Mark? And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Here's what's going on. And they feel more comfortable. They're like, okay, this guy knows what's up and I keep it honest. I'll talk about the negatives. That's the number one way that I've sold my whole life. When I used to work in um, audio video, I'd sold car stereos and stuff. Somebody would be like, hey, what's the difference between this, you know, stereo and that stereo and i'd be like well this one has this this and this this one has this this and this they're like shit this guy knows his stuff right and i would ask questions to identify their need and then direct them in the right direction and because i established myself as being trustworthy because i knew the answers to all the questions they chose to do business with me and real estate's no different so if you're newer maybe you don't have the track record of having sold a million homes that's fine but what you do is you have more time than the person who sold a million homes. So use that time to understand the market and have the answers to the questions because the other person who's selling a million homes, maybe they don't know what's happening with the market. Maybe they're not as tuned into it. And when somebody asks a question and you could snap back the response and they can't, you can beat them. When I bought my vacuum this weekend, I said, do you know anything about this vacuum? She goes, well, we have three in stock, so it must be good. <laughs> I was like, "You uh, never mind. Goodbye." <laughs> I bought it anyway, but <laughs> yeah, Best Buy. Yeah, yeah. It was so. It was so bad. They're terrible. I used to work at Best Buy. Yeah. Not everyone's terrible, but this lady was horrible. Anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> cool. Well, if you enjoyed this episode today, if you are watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, let YouTube know you enjoyed it. Also, hit the uh, subscribe button and little notification bell so you get notified of future episodes of the show. And if you're listening on podcast platform, make sure to subscribe to the show. If you, um, or you write us a review, that's what I really want you to do. I want to blow up the actual podcast itself. So hook us up with a review. Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. iTunes, there we go. Stitcher, the big one. <laughs> wherever you're listening, like hook us up with a review. It means a lot to us. Let us know what you think. Um, and if you got a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, private Facebook group, and email newsletter, and get dialed in with our Media Mayor Masterminds course. And learn everything you need to know when it comes to creating video content in 2022. All right, before we wrap, we want to finish with what we refer to as the Whistle Widget of the Week. This is something we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got, Brian? So this um, tool is, th there's no doubt that we like utilizing video here at Whistle Realty. Um, there's no doubt that our agents utilize video at Whistle Realty Group. One of the things that we like to do um, 
while we bring people in and screen them is utilize a video interview service. Now we've been using one in the past. It has worked well for the most part. Um, I ran across this one about a year ago. It came back up again a couple weeks ago and it was such a better experience. I spent half the day re taking from our old one, putting into this new system, building the zaps, the integrations. I'm gonna turn it on tomorrow. Um, but this is video ask, video ask by Typeform. And so very, what it does is you can record a video asking a question, then um, the person on the other side will answer the video. Why are you watching? Oh, it's me. Yeah, you just started talking. <laughs> um, the person on the other end of the phone or their computer will answer the question with a video of their, themselves. And that way you can look back at them in, in the future when it works for you, when it works for them. This is a bad explanation, but it's basically a video interview that can be done at any time. You are, you pre-record the questions, they record the answers, and you can review them and, and get back to them. So video ask by Typeform, super smooth, super simple, easy to use. The Zap works well. It, it just what does it cost? I think it's like four to five hundred bucks a year. If okay. we, I think it's forty bucks a month for the one we're doing. Yeah. But if you do it for a year, I think it's like four to five hundred bucks. The other okay. one we used was like three grand. Yeah, we were using another one called Spark Hire previously, and it was good, but it was really expensive. And the Zapier um, API was not clean. We had a lot of issues with it. it. it it's just a little bit clunkier. Yeah. Um, it was heavy. Yeah. It was a heavy software. So Video Ask is super. If you've ever used Typeform to do forms, you can. it's clean, it's simple, it's light. Um, I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, we're using this for, right now, like I said, for recruiting, but I think we're going to be using it for uh, agent satisfaction scores, client testimonials. We can use it for a, a bunch of things. Cool. So the one that I, I'm going to share a few. This is one of my takeaways from uh, Tom Ferry event that I was just at this last week. And I got this from Gary Gold, a uh, luxury agent up in LA, sold a Playboy Mansion. Um, that's his claim to fame, and he'll tell you about it a thousand times over. Smart guy is a great marketer and brand guy. I mean, it's uh, a great story, too. It's... Yeah, I mean, when you sell, you get to sell the Playboy Mansion, like, put that on his tombstone. Yeah. Um, but he had a really cool trick, and it's a something that we all should have, which is a lost listing strategy. So you're at some point in your career, you're going to go on a listing appointment, and you're going to lose. Somebody else is going to get the listing. What you want to do after you go on a listing appointment, you don't get the listing, set up a search on the MLS and set it up to notify you when the home goes active, when there's a price change, when it expires, all that stuff. Because um, you want to know, you want to be able to keep tabs on it. You want to see that property because there's a chance you might run into that seller at some point. Um, so you want to know when it went active and you want to know when it had a price change. Um, you cannot market to an actively listed home, but you could check in on a seller and be like, like you could just conveniently see that a price is reduced on a property and just reach out. Hey, Brian, I was just thinking about you today. How's everything going? There's no rule that says you cannot do that. There's that is not soliciting any business. There's no rule that says you can't just call somebody and say hi. Now, could you conveniently call and say hi right around the same time when they just went through a price reduction when they're probably not super stoked with their agent? Yeah, if they bring up their listing, that's allowed. There's no rule that says if a seller initiates a conversation about their listing that you can't talk to them. 
you just can't initiate that conversation. But if you just want to call somebody, say hi, how's life, how's business, and they bring up real estate, that's on them, not you. So you want to do that. And most importantly, you want to know when that thing expires so you can pounce on it and tell them, I told you you shouldn't hire that dumbass. I don't know what they're doing. You should have hired me in the first place. And now you can come back around and swoop that listing up after it expires. Um, so make sure you have a lost listing strategy so that next time you do go on an appointment and you lose it, maybe that thing boomerangs and comes right back to you. I can see a campaign, making an automated campaign that, that one, you send a thank you email, hey, best of luck, 30 days or about when a price change would occur. You could just, hey, following up, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, and there's a strategy. Now, this where a little bit questionable on ethics, but um, so I'm not telling you to do this, and I'm not telling you it's right or wrong. You make your decision how you feel about this. But I know of agents who traditionally a listing is signed for either three to six months is pretty normal, mm-hmm. or a high end, you might be going a year or two. Uh, but most listings, especially in today's market, most of us are confident enough to take a 90-day listing. So what people will do is keep an eye on the days on market. When it gets close to day 90, when it gets in like the 80s, they'll go show the home. Or they'll go preview the home and conveniently leave a business card, maybe even leave a note for the seller. Thanks so much for letting us tour your home with a business card. Um, so that their name now becomes top of mind. And then when that listing expires, then they call them. And now they just saw their business card. So then now the seller knows you're familiar with the home. That one, that could be some questionable ethics there. Uh, I, I feel like that's just about the same as calling them when the price reduction. I, ethically, I think that's probably in the same realm. But now that one, you're a dick because you made them get the house already and show when you didn't actually have mm. a buyer. So that's screwed up. Mm. So I'm not a fan of that strategy, okay. but I'm not, I know of people who've used that strategy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're just calling to say hi. There's no rule that says you can't do that. There's no rule that says that you can't have your email automation on, right? I just, I don't think the, I think the key is hitting them at the right time. So. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Good point. So there not, you go. I'm not, I'm not in love with it, but I'm also not like mad Not a bad it. idea. Okay. Doesn't violate any rules. Cool. That's well, important to me. <laughs> hopefully you guys got a ton of value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Way Podcast. See y'all next week. Wait, wait. Before you leave, I want to share some more tips and tricks that we're using in our business to take it to that next level. Just click right here. And don't forget to subscribe. Click right here. <laughs>